All right. And we are standby. And at 12.06, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to welcome everybody in. Part of our uh, lives. That we do. Our is well today. Sometimes we try to do we hit some glitches. It normally then straightens out. Plus, remember, call propane plus today. If you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, you needs, whether it's heating or cooling, you can depend on Propane Plus. Call them today in Rhode Island. Now, again, if you use propane, you want to use Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209 or in Massachusetts, 508-532-3359. It's Propane Plus. Heating and cooling. Remember, with Propane Plus and... and and that family, three generations, they're available 24-7. I also heating and cooling, you can depend on Propane Plus. Call them today, 401-89-PROPANE. Well, folks, when you get a chance, visit the website petro.com you know I was um out actually earlier today working on a story in and encountered how I can listen or watch you now and I said you know it, it it's very easy folks and and again I recognize we have a a number of new uh, listeners and followers of the program in Massachusetts. A big part of that is because of the in-depth coverage regarding both the, the, the Duxbury mom who was in court yesterday, and Bill John, obviously also has another, right? Other stories that happen in our general area, but an easy thing to remember or tell people, and I try to, is It all begins at if you can find your way to discuss those there you see at the top there's all the links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, since we started putting PD live on YouTube, we have so many new people that come in on that. You have uh, all original content. It's right there. And a lot of video, obviously, and stories you don't find anywhere else. But it really begins. You can also contact me that way but it has all the links to social media 
and then it all begins and then we have great sponsors there as well you can just scroll down the page but dipetro.com brunch way the cohesit in 226 cohesit avenue west warwick remember lunch dinner or as i like to say drinks in the lounge Hugh is waiting for you at the we sit in so it's 10 minutes that i want to mention and one is that cranston pd live episode 14 comes your way this friday night seven and nine i recognize normally normally and i understand people that say well what you know we're used to uh tv viewership habits right 60 minutes every sunday night at seven o'clock and usually you know the, the evening news on the three networks is every night at 6 30. well with cranston pd live we're, we're still searching for a lack of better expression but the sweet spot now we do on the scene live stream the on the scene live stream is anytime there's breaking news boom we go there and i mean of substance sometimes people say you know i um i came around a corner and i i think i saw some fire trucks you know, a lot of times that, and I, I get it, I'm, I'm grateful people have the best of intentions, but many times, by the time that we would actually get there, it's cleared. And I'm not convinced there's a lot. No, we move it, it, it's at different times. It's not, it, it could end up being um, a consistent night, as you can imagine everywhere, by the way. So, but it's this Friday night, February 10th from 7 to 9. Now, if something breaks, then we'll stay on a little bit longer. If something very dramatic happened, then we may even start earlier. But it's this Friday night, 7 to 9. And, and so far, you know, we've had uh, great success with it. People, they like it. It's different. It's live. It's local. It's in real time. I know, um, and I hear everything. I hear people saying, oh, that, you know, I, I used to watch Cops. I, I I mean now first time it was the thing about a show like watching a taped something that was taped and it happened you know pick a place somewhere in New Orleans somewhere in Louisiana somewhere in Texas whatever Cranston PD Live is happening in real time or watching it as that we're encountering them and then it's also you can't get any more local. <coughs> So, um, so it's this Friday night, seven to nine, but it's, it is, um, remarkable. I mean, I hear from, and if you've seen it, I mean, we hear from people all over the country, really even in, in certain clips that have hit that we've, we've heard from people in, in different countries, a lot of people in Canada, um, and then in the UK and then, you know, whatever, Japan, Australia and so forth. But, but Cranston PD Live this, this Friday night. Now I do want to. We start off. Go away. All right. I, I, I think, uh, I fully get that there were some people, some people that loved that Marjorie Taylor and others were yelling. I, 
I get that. It's a puppy line, right? That everybody cheering them on, good for them. I, I get that. But it was interesting this morning, if you saw the segment on Fox and Friends, that they have the lines and people turn it either one way when they like what they're seeing or turn it the other way. The <clears throat> the Republicans, a number of the Republicans, they loved when Marjorie Taylor Greene, you liar, were yelling at President Biden last night, right? And it definitely made things a little animated during what normally can be kind of a, a, without question, a boring affair. I was very happy for Kevin McCarthy last night. He's come under tremendous um, ridicule or, you know, problem with all the votes it took to get there. I thought he was great last night. He just has a cool way about him, so to speak. And I don't mean like Joel Cool. I mean cool under pressure. He was even just like, shh, all right, enough. Um, but I, I just go, you have to look at, that if President Trump were giving the State of the Union, how how what would be the reaction of people if AOC started heckling him and yelling? What would be that then? People be outraged about it. So to go back to the Fox and Friends segment where they had a pollster. I could try to find it online, but she was saying that Democrats certainly didn't like it, but independent voters did not like it. Independent voters did not like it. They thought it was disrespectful. They thought he's giving a speech. You know, you're there to listen. And and I fully get there's some people were loving it. Cheering them on. I'm sure you could find a number of, of and that's why you and I would do no question when when Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to speak at CPAC coming up um, end of this month into March ovation anyway now she's really going to get a standing ovation and if never mind if she throws out I don't know if some of you saw during the State of the Union, I called President Biden a lot. Oh, my God. They're going to be going. But is is that I'm going to come back to is, is that what it's about? <laughs> if if that is the goal, hear me out. If that's the goal. If, if the goal is to just get a rousing ovation at a Trump rally or get, you know, everyone clapping and see that's the goal. I, I that's I mean, I don't think it's fine. That's fine. But you're never going to win a general election that way. You're never going to win a general election that way. And I get that there's a number of people in the party who, who seemingly know just 25% that is cheering it on. There's that. There is that. Uh, I thought... Sarah Sanders Huckabee was was great last night. And, and what I think is interesting about her is she's obviously a, a very smart, capable, successful. She is first female governor of Arkansas, uh, 40 years old, married, mother, governor. She doesn't maybe she doesn't have the slickest delivery, but she's a player. And that was quite the response last night. Now. I'm going to touch on Governor McKee, his reaction 
to the State of the Union. And also, I, I agree with Governor Santis. You know, Biden, that was an ad lib. You know, all right, we're going to give the whole oil thing like 10 more years. And then people wonder why this high oil prices and high gas prices. Who would go into a business when you have the president and, and a major party saying, we're going to put you out of business? <clears throat> you can't have it both ways. I I, I find it that President Biden saying that last night and came in and Sarah Huckabee Sanders was right last night saying that President Biden is a slave to the party. Now, I am going to touch on what happened yesterday in court because there's obviously people, you know, it's pretty interesting. You have a mother in Duxbury or, you know, I shouldn't even use the nickname of Luxbury because then when you're at least expected, the nickname comes out. But anyhow, that was pretty dramatic of, Lindsay Glancy in court yesterday. I'll probably replay it in the one. And I think what is so an interesting dynamic of that is the fact that no matter what people keep, and primarily the times women, they are prepared to defend her. And it it seems to I think, I mean, it's definitely catching people off guard. It immediately pivots into, do you know what it's like to give birth? Do you know what it's like to have? It, it seemingly, for, I see a lot of the comments about, you know, death penalty, guilty, not everyone. But the, the male response here seems, I, I admit, I'm surprised that even after yesterday, when the prosecutors uh, laid out the early element of the facts of the case, there was still I'm not like I back her. And it's an act crime. Of someone mercy very young children five times it, it is uh i don't know if enough has come out about that it it it, it seemingly is is a more relatable crime than i than at least i did maybe some people saying i'm not surprised uh, but we're almost seeing two camps regarding the lindsey glancy case that it's breaking into and there, there's a number of, of women that are not breaking off, seemingly no matter what they put out in the courtroom. They are, they're with her, 100% with her. Now, we talked about it last night. I did a one after dark, which we do the late night thing. Um, I also see there are people, they're grasping for a way to defend her. They want to grab anything. I also just, this is like a, a friendly, I don't know, reminder. I know we have a lot of new people. You are you are free to express opinion, right? Especially, you know, on the Facebook page and so forth. But there are some people, number one, I get it. They don't really care. So they, they, have, they don't care if they offend one person. They don't care if they offend 100 people. They're just putting out whatever. There's also some people that don't take it that seriously, they're either doing talk to text, bunch of typos. Who knows? People are posting things at night. But you can't make this up. 
And you have to be able to make your point and opinion, I think, without insulting everybody. <clears throat> if you want to do that, that's fine. But I, I don't, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tolerant. It wears you down, the social media aspect. But you can't just make things up. You can't make things up. You know, we if you watch the hearing, there were facts that came out. Her attorney didn't dispute certain facts. There were people coming up with arguments for Lindsay Clancy, the mother from Duxbury, that even her own attorney is not making. And uh, I don't know where these people come come away with some of this stuff. So there's a difference. If you want to voice your opinion, that's totally fine. That's the nature of it. You know, it always breaks down to those people. This should not even be discussed. I love that crowd. The ostrich head in the sand crowd. No one should be talking about this. That's my opinion. That's really not an opinion. Your opinion is that no one should have opinion. Um, but, and, but I don't know why people feel that that's a healthy opinion. But but I I I'm, I am taken aback at these people that just uh, there's such unwillingness to defend this woman. That was pretty shocking. With the prosecutors, um, there are people that still just want to use words. Like I said, it's as if a bolt, lightning bolt, came out of the sky and. So, so then you get people that are putting out information, um, and I won't use names, I'll protect people. Here's something, someone, and again, this is the, I know I'm kind of pivoting around a little bit, but Lindsay Glancy case, his, uh, I heard she, she was in the, the ancient psychiatric ward. She told them she was hearing voices telling her to kill herself and her kids. They are to blame, knowing she had small, three small children. They knew and the husband did too. Why did he leave her alone? Everyone knew she was a very sick person. The psychiatrist let her go home, should be held accountable, lose his license, hospital will get sued. So I ask what I think is a pretty reasonable question. How do you know that? Why didn't that come out in court yesterday? Her own attorney didn't say that in court yesterday. Where are you getting this from? <clears throat> Where can I read this? I think if that was the case, yesterday might have been a pretty good, good time for her, her defense attorney. To lay that out. Here's <clears throat> what the person said. I'm in Massachusetts Hospital now. A doctor told me. Wait till that information comes out. I think the husband's saying they never told him that she couldn't be left alone. She was hearing voices telling her to harm herself and her children at the facility. She was being evaluated at before she was allowed to go home. That story going around the hospital. You know, again, I... I um. It's possible. It's possible. Maybe there are people that feel in a situation like that could have done more. Um, we had someone on a tangent last night that was just completely making things up. Again, I won't say the name, but she. <clears throat> they said three meds. I, I don't know. I, I'll admit, I, I had heard that business of husband warned not to leave her alone, but that's not what came out in court yesterday. That's not what that came out in, in court yesterday in that hearing. So if her attorney, her own attorney had that information, I think that might have been a helpful place to get some of that information. 
court they said the first time that she used the word psychosis with the husband was monday when she was being evaluated by her attorneys i believe psychiatrist or physician at the very least or doctor in asked to use his cell phone and it was the first time he ever heard say that she had heard a male voice who told her to do it before it was too late. Now, I'm going off what was in court. Now, if people want to argue, the prosecutor's lying. All right. Well, we, we'll say that. I'll say, I'll counter this way. Her attorney didn't say that. Her attorney didn't say, no, hold on. The prosecutor knows very well that blah, 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 whatever it may be. Any way to contradict it. <clears throat> that's That's not what happened. The judge also said, I have looked over the evidence. The judge didn't say, now, wait a minute, prosecutor. I'm looking at a report right here that she repeatedly told such and such a doctor. She heard voices, a male voice. No, it was a male voice. I think that's interesting. Does that mean they're going to play for a female juror? It was a male voice that told her. She needed to do that before it was too late, take her own life and the children. The husband. Um, according to the prosecutor, when he arrived on the scene, when he arrived on the scene, according to the husband, he, she did not say, a boy telling me. According to Patrick Clancy, when he arrived back at home, after going to the takeout in CVS, <clears throat> he called her cell phone, he went upstairs, saw the window open, blood, blah, 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 the mirror go outside and I I happen I, I tried to tell meeting that moment the husband did not say Patrick Clancy according to the prosecutor did not say that did not say she said a male voice, that's interesting, it was a male voice, not a female voice. A male voice told her to do that before it was too late, whatever that means. So, but I also think the prosecutor, it was interesting, they mapped out that the, the first time that Patrick Clancy heard her voice that, that was Monday, <clears throat> today's Wednesday, Monday, as she called him cell phone of the doctor that who was there to represent her who had been sent there to evaluate her excuse me by her attorney i think can't ignore is the fact that according to prosecutors when they were in there on friday with the whiteboard and trying to communicate with her one of the first things she's asked she asked was do i need an attorney so the this particular this Lindsay Clancy case, and I, I you know I've been kidding the number of different people, and I've been communicating with some of the members from the group that formed Lindsay's Army of Love, I think is the name of it. And 
you know, at some point we may have one or two of the members on. I, I'm I don't I'm not going to say anything though. I I the whole thing just it it's it it was brutal to listen to all of that. Prosecutors I thought were very aggressive. They went out of their way. She she you know looked up the restaurant on Apple Maps. She needed the time. She was lucid. She didn't find herself alone. She created the situation. She's the one that texted him. But when it comes down to I'm just a little put off by some of the people that our healthcare system is broken and they need to be held accountable and blah, blah, blah. I, I'm not there yet. I, I don't know. I I think, um, and again, folks, good afternoon at 1230. I think like a lot of people, I think we certainly want to believe that in that moment, but it wasn't just a moment. It was, she said she, she told her husband on Monday, she thinks she had a moment of psychosis, but she, it, it wasn't just someone that snapped in a moment because the way the prosecutors laid it out yesterday in court, and I'll probably play it next hour, <clears throat> um, she was very strategic about it. She called CVS. She was having him pick up something. She Wanted to pick up takeout of someplace in Plymouth. They didn't have to drive to. It wasn't just a five-minute spot, you know, a takeout place around the corner. It was where she was sending him. And I, it's been a long day. I don't have anything cooked. How about takeout? He's working at the home basement and goes through it. So it it, it was... It, it just it was in that that are you know very um, forcefully advocating on her behalf to listen to what the prosecutor said, but was the amount of time it took with the instrument and method, which are those exercise bands that she used and had to go and use the exercise ban child by child. And it, it could be as much as four minutes in length. It's, it's a, uh, I don't know how to think of it. I mean, it's, uh, it's such an unusual case. I'm glad it's an unusual case. I mean, that we have big problems if it's not unusual, but I have people that it's, it's, they were on 100%. Well, too long. Like I have said and was saying last night, I, I think that it it's... It's an unimaginable crime for anyone to commit what Lindsay Clancy, the mother from Duxbury, committed. It, it's, it's, a, it's such a horrible thought that any person could commit that, whether it was 
whatever scenario we have had horrors in the world without you know getting into various places where genocide has taken place but to think that it was committed by a nurse and a mother in massachusetts in a very nice community three is hard to you know i believe wrap your head around folks this portion of the John Dietro show on this Wednesday. And I know this bums a lot of people out, but it it is it, it's just it I, I don't know I don't know how you follow the story and not get impacted by it. It's just so over the edge. It's it's hard to rationalize. Um I, I don't maybe maybe she does need to be studied. Maybe there is something there. I'm not I don't know what to make of it yet. But, it, but but something that does stand out is he did call her in the middle of it, seemingly. He called her. She didn't pick up. She called back. He's in this, you know, what am I getting again? 13-second quick phone call. And then Patrick Clancy told the prosecutor it sounded like she was in the middle of something. What's frightening is we know what she was in the middle of. But even that phone call. Couldn't, should he have tried to keep her? I mean, I, I'm not trying to blame, you know, should he have kept her on the phone? Would that have mattered? You know, I just want you to know what's going on. You sound rushed. What's happening? Can I talk to Cora? Can you put Dawson on the phone? You know, what's, what's going on there? I, in that way. It's, even the home hearing the husband's voice wasn't enough to shake her out of whatever she was in the middle of. And that's what he said. That's what the prosecutor said. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show, uh, again, some t- a topic that you need that you can't ignore is long-term care coverage. Now, what, am I, what do I mean by that? People may say you have your retirement plan, and that's fine. But how many people truly have long-term care coverage for either yourself, your spouse, your mother, father, family, relative? Here's my suggestion, suggestion, excuse me, on this Wednesday. Why not take advantage of a free consultation? I have just the person to sit down with, Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial, 401-4-1510. Because many times family that their parents need and they got these Alzheimer's wards or dementia wards or what have you are very expensive or wow this is much more expensive than we thought it was going to be well if you start to plan for it well then you're not so worried about it if you have long-term care coverage Tom Bryan Ameriprise Financial 401 434-1510. Why not take advantage? A trusted advisor, our guy Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial. Again, his office is located for Soyad Avenue's problems. And I also want to remind people, he can help you with an assortment of different things, whether it is retirement or retired. You know, I'm buying a second home. You're thinking of buying a boat. You're thinking of buying a vacation home. Whatever it is, 
Maybe you want to set up education planning for your children, your grandchildren. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. So folks, at 1237, again, I'm going to play it next hour. I'm, I'm well aware that it is. It's, it's difficult to listen to. And it, it's interesting, the, the passive-aggressive stance that some people put forth for the Duxbury mother. I think it is. Um, some of the comments. You have people that say, let me just um, see the platforms. Yes. Uh, some of the comments, you know, oh my God, God awful. It is. Then you have another person. It's a it's a terribly tragic. Let her rotten hell where she belongs is horribly disgusting. It's always interesting that people, I, I mean, we all can agree it's it's a tragedy. I'm not sure just how much of a, I, and as I'd like to say, it, it's not, it's not, not exactly, um, well, actually, it's not the lightning bolt comes down people are to see stuff or it on where tidal wave hits it's i i don't it it's not i don't know i mean it's obviously it's it's tragic and her attorney and there's no one that doesn't think that it's it's not tragic but to just label that as a complete tragedy that I, I just want to come back to that. That is not the way it was described by, by prosecutors yesterday in court. What we heard in court yesterday regarding, um, and by the way, total, but Mitt Romney and George Santos, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. You shouldn't be here. Good. I agree with that. You know, I liked, when I had a Boston radio show, my first guest was, he was governor at the time, Governor Romney. I recognize that some people give him a hard time and President Trump gives him a hard time. But, I, I you know, I, I've, I've met Mitt. I've been around him. I've been around um, Ian Romney. I was on their Christmas card list for a period of time. I... I mean, I, I just think the guy, um, I'm glad that he spoke up what it is. So, but I, this is interesting. The individuals that offend and, and others that clearly just aren't, it, it, it's just such a, a I think I think that's the part that is tough for people to really kind of wrap their head around because they don't describe that just like in a moment of I I, I think she, you know they did reveal that she was saying she resented her two older children because it deprived her 
of treating her youngest as kind of the way you treat the firstborn. And that, but but she was not all these people have said you don't understand psychosis. You don't understand postpartum depression. She was being that's not what she was being treated for. Now I fully get some people are saying, well, you don't understand. Many times the person can hide it from the other people. I don't know where you go with that. In other words, then there's the they want to treat it as just an unavoidable equation. The Plymouth County prosecutor, the Duxbury mother, strangled the three uh, young children in a planned attack that demonstrated extreme atrocity and cruelty, challenging the defense's assertion that the woman's postpartum mental condition and a regimen of prescription medication drove her to kill. As Lindsay Clancy watched on a video monitor from her hospital room in Boston, Jennifer Sprague, who I thought, well, that was a big time moment, alleged she planned the slaying in advance by asking her husband to pick up food from a restaurant in Plymouth located farther from their home than where they usually ordered to go so she'd have time to commit the murders. That's a very strong charge. Then in the 20 minutes or so, the husband was getting food to make a stop at CVS. She allegedly strangled the children then tried to kill herself by cutting her wrist and neck, jumping out of the second floor window. But Sprague, she planned these murders. She gave herself time and privacy needed, strangled each child in the place where they should have been the safest, their home. She did it with deliberate premeditation and extreme atrocity and cruelty. Not guilty pleas were entered on her behalf. Callan, the infant son, five-year-old daughter Cora and three-year-old son Dawson. Her attempted suicide is left her paralyzed. She remains suicidal. Of course she does. The judge ordered her to remain at the boss hospital until she's medically cleared to be moved to another facility, rejecting a request from prosecutors, have her held without bail in Framingham, Department of Correction facility. Her next court date is May 2nd. Her attorney, Kevin Reddington, again, all eyes on him, high profile case. He's a big time attorney. He is. He's had some very high profile cases. He is someone that, you know, gets his, um, Warrant inspect both inside the courtroom, outside the courtroom. He's the one that's a doctor in there to then examine her. The time of the killing, Reddington said she suffered from mental health issues linked to postpartum depression, was overly medicated. The prosecution and defense offered differing accounts of the mental health history. Now, Sprague said Clancy was initially diagnosed with general anxiety disorder but didn't death didn't specify when the determination was made she was evaluated at women and infants in providence in december psychiatrist psychiatrist said she didn't have postpartum depression was she misdiagnosed possible possible but reddington and a psychiatrist he retained dr paul zeisel who she used his cell phone to call the husband, said Clancy's still being evaluated. No conclusions have been reached about her mental health. 
Um, the arraignment, the arraignment yesterday was the first to prosecutors describe how January 24th turned into a nightmare. Spring interspersed the version of events with details about her mental health history. He started with a trip to the pediatrician for Cora, followed by time playing outside in the snow, building a snowman with Dawson, the three-year-old. Patrick Clancy working from home in a basement office. Boy, it all sounds hallmark hard. But amid the activities, Clancy researched how long it would take to drive from their home in Duxbury to 3B restaurant in Kingston. Clancy then picked the spot for takeout so her husband wouldn't be out of the would be out of the house running errands while she committed the killing, said the prosecutor. Boy, that was that was another level to hear that yesterday. When he returned, he found his wife had jumped from the second floor. The three children had been strangled with exercise ropes in the basement. He called 911. He said she spoke by phone with her husband. Now, we're going to um, go tomorrow. from her hospital room in the presence of a psychiatric professional hired by her lawyer. Lawyer Sprague told um, Patrick. Sprague said Clancy told her husband that she killed the kids. She heard a voice and had a moment of psychosis. He asked her what voices she heard. She sure she heard a man's voice telling her to kill the kids. Kill it was her last chance. During the arraignment, Sprague said Clancy admitted herself to McLean Hospital in Belmont on January first and was discharged the fifth. The hospital did not file any paperwork attempting to have it committed as a danger herself or others. Remington Hurtry read the assertion that Clancy's Googling of the distance was evidence to plan to kill him. I don't know about that. <clears throat> um, David Meyer, lawyer representing Patrick Clancy, attended, of course, asking for privacy. Um, saying he did everything possible to try to support them. Once police arrived that Tuesday night, January 24th, Cora and Dawson were pronounced dead in a nearby hospital. Callan was taken to Boston Children's Hospital, died three days later. On January 27th, that Friday, the day that the child died, Clancy used an erasable whiteboard to pose a question because she was an attorney. So the tutor said she knew she had murdered her children. She had the clarity, focus, mental acumen to focus on protecting her own rights and interests. Uh, Brad Bailey, a former Middlesex assistant district attorney, federal prosecutor, said in an interview, Sprague is being strategic in arguing early on that Clancy pre-planned the murders for children. They're going to look at whatever evidence they have that would support a first degree murder finding. Bailey's a defense attorney in Boston. If the defense puts this in play, they're basing this defense on a lack of criminal responsibility. It's going to be up to the prosecution to establish she was sane at the time of the offense conduct. They should be held accountable for what she's done. So that case at 1249, she is in court on May 2nd. I think happens many times different aspects of this are going to leak out we're going to learn more about what happened uh, till then 
they're going to go through. Obviously, <clears throat> the defense is one going to want to question the people of women and infants, the question at McLean Hospital. But that's the information we have from yesterday. I am I completely acknowledge we could learn more from women and infants where she was seeking treatment in Providence and McLean Hospital in Belmont. We could learn more that would then put onus that that there were symptoms of this. Based on what we have yesterday, we didn't hear that. Folks, this portion of the John DePete trial on this Wednesday, and it's brought to you by Atman Urgent Care. Now, listen, this is, as many of you know, this is a difficult time. This is a difficult time. The Providence Journal has a story. It's very difficult for people to find a regular, as you used to call, just the, you know, the general practitioner, the doctor that you call and go to for just regular checkups. And there's, there's many different reasons for that. But as a result of that, people are unable to get in. I see people. The story in the Providence Journal. Where are all the doctors? Inside Rhode Island's primary care shortage. And a full story on that. Finding a primary care doctor in Rhode Island is more difficult. And then they, they go through the reasons. But that's just another reason why, folks, so many people, uh, they don't maybe want to. Maybe you don't want to go to an emergency room. I know a lot of people don't want to have to wait as long as they have to wait at an emergency room. But people are discovering AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnson, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, at Urgent Care. They're open seven days a week. They have doctors and nurses. And it's just that, urgent care. So I'm offering you, the next time you have an emergency, or maybe someone you work with, yourself, family member, I strongly implore you to check out AtMed Urgent Care in the Atwood Medical Center, Atwood Avenue in Johnston, and also 5750 Post Road East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's AtMed Urgent Care. Cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. Listen, they do it all. Walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic, and trauma, work-related injuries. I heard of our and she was working with badly cut their hand. I don't know what was being done at work. But they, they did stitches. They first thought of going to the emergency room, probably going to be a seven-hour wait. Instead, they drove to AtMed, saw them within 20 minutes, and they were out of there within an hour. AtMed Urgent Care. You can also find them online at medurgentcare.net. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it's 1252 you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. Now, I did next hour. I will place the sound from the Union address from last time. And more often, more, more important to that to me, I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I, I thought, and I, I get it. I mean, I, I thought she was very impressive last night. I also want to touch on, I don't understand the Trump strategy right now where President Trump was attacking Florida Governor Ron DeSantis yesterday. And I I know I, I then hear from Trump people, well, you know, if he's going to be a competitor and blah, blah, blah. But 
I I thought I I still thought we were kind of going by the uh, you know the the Reagan the Reagan eleventh commandment you don't attack another another Republican. But what I found troubling was on his own form, President Trump. Somebody posted a photo that apparently Governor DeSantis at one point was, I think, a college, he somehow was like a college professor, so, or some kind of a teacher. So President Trump actually posted, here's Ron DeSanctimonious grooming high school girls. Um, now, this is a long time ago, and someone found a photo. I find that very troubling. And what is so troubling is, I mean, as, as we know, there are, there's not one, but there's many different photos of President Trump with Jeffrey Epstein. So I just, I don't understand people. Going, I always say that. I'm going to say it to Ken. <clears throat> but to, I have a lot of problems with that post. Um, I don't, I don't know where that's going. What's the point of that? I, I really don't blame the DeSantis people for taking exception to President Trump using the word grooming, grooming. Maybe the best governor in the country right now, someone who is is getting things done, who's not just on the sidelines talking about it. Is a current governor um, leading the way? That's who you're like. Of all the people you could attack, that's who you're attacking. I don't. I frankly, I don't understand that. I, I um, and and, and I recognize. I don't, that's going to, you're going to attack him that way? Wow. Let's see how the campaign takes shape. Let's see how the Trump campaign takes shape. Folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I also, um, you know, our part of the country, Governor McKee, if you didn't see it, I posted his press release on his reaction to the State of the Union on the Facebook page. Uh, it is Rhode Island President Biden outlined implementing an economic plan grows our economy. Two strongest years of job growth. The agenda has accelerated Rhode Island's momentum. There is no momentum. There's no momentum. That's a false statement. Whether it's lowering healthcare, lowering healthcare costs, the front page story in the Providence Journal is people can't find a doctor. Creating more economic security for families. Uh, does anyone feel that way? Poor, putting more Rhode Islanders to work to fix our state roads and bridges. Those are union jobs with taxpayer money. In his address, this is Governor McKee now. In his address tonight, the president outlined a bold agenda. That continues their efforts to end cancer, tackle the mental health crisis, beat the opioid and overdose epidemic, support our veterans.
words, Rhode Island's forcing. You're not going to stop the opioid crisis unless you get control of the border. That stuff is being smuggled in. You're not going to end it until you stop that. The reason I mention Governor McKee is I, I find it interesting of his interpretation of President Biden has a huge decision to make. And one is, number one, if he's going to run for re-election in 24. But number two, as we discussed with Donna Perry, if he has Kamala Harris on the ticket, that's a problem. Because the Republicans, and rightfully so, she's more unpopular, the vice president, than President Biden. They're going to have a very strong talking point that he is basically, if you elect him president, that he's not going to fill out the term and make her president. And she is being attacked by her own party. She's had negative headlines. There's no one seemingly to be the next president. So those are two major decisions that the president has to make. Who it's coming from? Which does he pick the governor? He pick with business experience. He pick someone who pick governor. Should something happen to him? No. Who did he pick? Someone that could help him with the Latino vote in Providence, who's basically a yes person and just goes along with everything he says, and that's just a fact. Now, folks, at twelve fifty-nine. Now we have another hour to go. Next hour. Uh, I am going to play some of the sound from last night. I think I also want to highlight the direction that Governor McKee is moving the state right now. It's not a good one. We'll talk about that. And then I I think I may play part of the arraignment yesterday. Uh, Definitely Facebook Live later. We're going to break. We're back on the other side after the 1 o'clock news.